0: And even these guys are all decked out real well. The animals are just calm and peaceful. But do you think that that night was exactly like that? How many of you have been around childbirth that was just completely calm and peaceful and just serene? (laughs) How about if instead of being in a hospital, it was in a stable where it was dirty and it smelled like animals and it was cold And there's a young girl who doesn't even know what's going to happen. This is the first time this has ever happened, let alone that the Holy Spirit has come upon her. Probably scared and nervous. Am I even going to make it through this? She will give birth to a son. Again, sometimes we like to tidy up Christmas, don't we? But it may not have been exactly like we think. A young, scared, pregnant girl, a dirty stable, a confused father, an entire nation being oppressed by a Roman government and looking for hope. Sometimes we forget what it looked like for the people involved. Mary will give birth to a son. Last week, we focused on this miracle, this miraculous virgin birth. And here is a reminder, God comes In the flesh. And yet, I do remind you this morning, in spite of the fear, there would be truly great joy, and this son would be the Savior of the world. Think about that just for a little bit. She will give birth to a son, and the whole world would never be the same. Praise the Lord. That's the joy we bring at Christmas time. Today, if you know the Savior today, I want this week for you to be a week of joy. I know you've got bills to pay and the credit cards are mining up and you don't have all the dinners prepared and you're so nervous that one of your cousins or brothers or uncles is going to show up and what in the world is that going to be when that happens? But if you know Jesus today, let this week be a week of joy, right? My sins are forgiven. I have a real peace in my heart. I have a real hope in heaven to look forward to. Let me celebrate what the Lord has done. And then hear me out today. If you have never asked Christ in your heart, today is a great day to begin your journey with the Lord. This can be your most joyous Christmas ever. And all you need to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I give you what I am. And he'll change everything from the inside out. I've seen it a hundred times or more in my own life. But it starts with that surrender today. She will give birth to a son you are to give him the name what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel, Yeah, Jesus here, right? What's Emmanuel mean? God with us. We heard the little kids sing that to us today, right? And this is that big deal, that God becomes one of us. But here his name is Jesus. What's Jesus mean? To save, to rescue, to deliver. As a matter of fact, Jesus and Joshua are actually the same Hebrew root. And that's what Joshua's name means, which is very interesting when you think about how all the rescuing and delivering that Joshua did. Jesus is come to save, to deliver, to rescue. And a reminder that this promise was made long ago, and it was delivered in Jesus in the book of Isaiah. and We were there in our Sunday school this morning too. Chapter 63, verse 1, look at this. Who is this coming from Edom from Basra with his garment stained crimson? Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I proclaiming victory, mighty to save, right? Isaiah means salvation is of the Lord. And here we have this clear picture that the Lord's anointed, we call him Messiah, would come, and Messiah would be mighty to save. Over 700 years before Jesus comes on the scene, Isaiah is writing all of these messianic prophecies. And if you study them out, Jesus fulfills them all. You are to give him the name Jesus. For hundreds of years, the people of Israel have been looking for rescue for their deliverer. Can I tell you today, and we talked about this this morning too, there's people around you, even this week, who are looking for rescue and deliverance And they're not always homeless people that don't have a thing. Sometimes they're very wealthy people who have way more than you have, but their heart is empty because they don't know the peace of Christ, and they're looking for rescue, and they're looking for deliverance, and I'm here to remind you today that it only comes in Jesus. Jesus is the answer to the promise of Messiah. For hundreds of years, they were looking for this person, and Jesus is this person. Now, some people would say, oh, you're just making him to be Messiah. He never declared that himself, and I would say, hold on. Let's go over to the book of John chapter 4 and verse 21. If you remember this story, Jesus meets this woman, this Samaritan woman, (laughs) at a well, right? Which there's all kinds of terrible things going on there. First of all, Jews and Samaritans, they'd never get together. That's really taboo, let alone a man with a woman to get together that weren't married. That wouldn't happen as well. She comes in the middle of the day, right, to try to kind of hide her coming because she's actually had many husbands, And now the person she's currently with is not her husband. And she starts to dialogue with Jesus, and he dialogues with her. And they begin having questions, and for every question he asks, she tries to give an answer, and she tries to put it together, and he keeps moving her along to where she is going to have to come to realization about who she is and who he is. Well, in verse 21, look what Jesus says. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, and we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, if you follow along with the lady, right before this, Jesus points out her sin very clearly. And then she decides to make a distraction. And what's one of the best distractions if anybody is ever trying to point out your sin to you? Talk politics. (laughs) Right? What? Let's talk politics. Well, the woman says, I know that, you know, there's going to be on this mountain and in this place, and I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, and, you know, I'm sure it'll all work out, kind of thing. And Jesus begins to say, No, let's not talk politics. Let's talk exactly about your heart. Verse 24 God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And so, verse 25, the woman said, Well, I know that Messiah, the one called Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he'll explain it all to us. And then what does Jesus say to the woman that Jesus declared? I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Who said I am? All the way back with Moses, right? It was God. And just in case you missed it, Jesus here is declaring himself to be God. I am. He. The woman's like, well, Jesus, I know you want to talk about this mountain and that mountain, and you're kind of trying to get to my heart. But when Messiah comes, He'll make it all figure it out. And then all of a sudden, He says, "I'm the Messiah." And then you know, like in the movies, when somebody has those flashbacks, and all of a sudden they're going back through all the events they had with a certain person. I think that's what happened with the woman at the well. Wait a minute, He came. He came nobody else would talk to me and he talked to me and then he pointed out this and this and he's talking about eternal life which is what the messiah had promised and then he knew my sins and he could prophesy and see what had happened to me and now he's talking about worship and now he says boom he is the messiah what does she do do you might know after this she goes and tells her friends come and see come and see the man who told me all that i ever did Jesus said, I am He. So she will give birth to a son. You will call his name Jesus. Maybe you've been looking for a rescue or a rescuer. Maybe you need the light to shine into some dark places in your own life. Today, be reminded that a young woman gave birth to a son, and his name is Jesus. God delivered. (laughs) Isn't that good? God made a promise. God fulfilled the promise. And let me tell you again this morning, when God makes a promise, he always fulfills his promises. He always has. He always will. He always keeps his promises. Please hear the word of the Lord today and not the preacher. If God promised you life, if you would trust his son, God will deliver life if you trust his son. And if God promised you death, if you reject his son, God will deliver death if you reject his son. That is not my opinion. That's what the Lord revealed to himself. And over and over and over again, sometimes it takes 700 years for it to come to pass, but God always keeps his word. Let's not shy back from that. Let's make sure that we make that clear to everyone. And then even in our own hearts, when we're discouraged and we're down and we're wiped out and we're tired, don't forget, God keeps his word. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, right? Behold, I go prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again that I may receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God always keeps his word. And in that day, there will be no more grieving, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sadness. I, John, saw heaven coming down, new Jerusalem, right? God keeps his word. We're all gonna struggle with different things, but don't be discouraged today. Take heart in this. You're to give him the name Jesus. He is a deliverer. Finally, he will save his people from their sins. I've been harping on this a little bit recently. I think you guys that have been here You kind of know this has been on the preacher's heart. This truth will not, has not, excuse me, and will not change. People will always sin and people will always need a savior. We are in a generation now that wants to get rid of sin. They don't want anything to be called sin. No, that's just how that that person was made and this or that. That's just how their behaviors and habits are. Those are just their characteristics. We should celebrate all of these things. All right, and you could go down the whole, whole gamut of different kinds of sins, right? It can be greed, it can be idolatry, it can be lust, it can be fornication, it can be drunkenness, all these things, right? And we live in a society that wants to say, well, no, there's not really anything such as sin. If you're gonna hear the Lord's word today, all the way back in Matthew, God said, he, Jesus, will save his people from their sins, Again, this is not some sort of penology, some opinion thing. This is if the Bible is true, and I believe it is with all my heart and soul, that there is sin and people need saving from it. This is a core to being a Christian, and we have to stand on this foundation. Are we sinful people? Can you hear the preacher today? All right. I have tons of sin that I deal with, and it breaks the Lord's heart and I, frustrates me and I get angry at myself because of those sins, okay? But I don't call those sins and just say, well, that's just kind of my behavior. That's who I am. I guess I'll celebrate that and it'll be okay. No, what I do is I repent and I say, Lord, forgive me for the mess I am. Give me the strength to become everything you want me to be. And I'm gonna lay my life in your hands. And that's a whole different response to sin. Jesus said he would save his people from their Sins. People will always need a Savior. But again, hear me with grace this morning. Despite all of the wonder and the awe and the beauty at Christmas time, we have this reminder. The light came into the darkness. And we need something outside of ourselves. And we can't just try harder or hope that everyone will work together. We are a sinful people and we need saving. Now, Jesus completed the work. Not only would he save, he did. He did, right? That's why we're here today. That's why this building is here today. That's why there are millions of buildings around the world and a billion people that are following Jesus because he he wasn't just born with a promise of what would happen. He lived a perfect life. He died on a tree for our sins, and then God raised him up, and he's alive. He rose again, all right? He came through. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And here's the really good news today. He loves you. Can you hear the Lord today? He loves you. Those little kids that are straggling in and out, (laughs) those kids that sit up there, kids that sing, you guys, if they get nothing else, they need to know that God loves them, amen? And we need to be that vessel of love to them. This is a love that's greater in all loves. And that's why at Advent, we celebrate that love has come. God is with us. It's miraculous. It's truly divine intervention. It's the very definition of love. Let me close with this illustration this morning, then we'll be done. It's from Rebecca McLaughlin. She said, well, I just read my four-year-old, the story of the angel Gabriel meeting with Mary. And I tried not to panic when she said, I don't believe that. Well, um, do you believe that God made you? Yes, I believe that. And do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Yes. And do you believe that Jesus rode from, rose from the dead? Yes. After more gentle probing, it turned out it was really just the angel that she didn't buy. <laughs> But nonetheless, my daughter isn't alone in her natural skepticism about the supernatural. When we stop to think about it, Christmas stretches our credulity. It comes complete with an angel appearing, a virgin conceiving, a star guiding, and heavenly hosts singing. And how can a rational, scientifically literate, 21st century person like we are believe such things, even when a child finds them hard to take? Now listen to this. However, to believe in the God of the Bible who created the universe... And not to believe in miracles is rather obtuse. She says, it would be like my daughter believing that her mom or dad could make bread from scratch, which they can, but that they couldn't toast a (laughs) Pop-Tart. If you are a Christian, you are already signed up to believe that the universe and everyone in it is God's handiwork. Physicist Jonathan Feng says this, what is truly amazing about the Christian faith is the idea that God made the universe from quarks to galaxies But at the same time, he cared enough about us to be born as a human being, to come down, to die, and be crucified in the person of Jesus, and to bring forgiveness and new life to broken people. Christians believe in Christmas in all its supernatural glory because miracles aren't hard for God. (laughs) Hallelujah, right? Miracles are nothing for God. God can work a miracle in your life this Christmas if you will let him. He can change your heart and give you real peace and real hope, but you have to trust him. You have to surrender. Have you given your heart to Christ? Today, I'm gonna go play at the piano and I wanna invite you to answer that question. If you've given your heart to Christ and you know you're ready with the Lord and you're right with the Lord, then pray for people that you're not sure if they know the Lord. But today, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, Today's the day you can start that journey, and it's so simple. You can come to the altar if you want. You can bring a friend. You can do it right there in your pew. But all you have to simply say is, Lord, forgive me, a sinner, and come into my heart. Jesus, I believe that you came, and you died, and you rose again, and I want to know you. Take control of this life. And if you'll give the Lord Jesus your life, he will transform it. And he'll give you hope and peace now and to come. My desire for you today is that you simply surrender to, the Lord. "Let's stand this morning."